This episode is brought to you by Podcast Production School, which is the premier place to learn all things podcasting. Their online course is designed to help you master the skills and strategies needed to launch, manage, and grow your very own podcast. They'll help you learn everything from audio editing to show note creation and even the marketing and promotion. Get started learning the process by downloading their free podcast production and launch checklist today. You can find those over at podcastproductionschool.com slash go slash breakthrough dash success. We will have that link in the show notes. Anyways, let's go right into the episode. Money is the lifeline of any business. And if you make more money, you have the ability to create more impact. So in this episode, you are going to learn how to accelerate your revenue and impact from our guest, who is a successful serial entrepreneur, sought-after online business consultant, seven-figure earning through digital marketing, and creator of her award-winning YouTube channel, Uplifted Yoga and Uplifted Online Yoga Teacher Trainings. She is a digital pioneer in training online yoga teachers, and she has certified nearly 1,000 yogis to become teachers and healers. So our guest who joins us is none other than Brett Larkin. Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Brett, it's a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And with the online industry being very filled with opportunity, especially with things going on right now, I'm wondering if you can just give us some more of your story as to how you got into it and when you realized that this was a great opportunity and the light bulb came on for you. Well, I started as a YouTuber, which is interesting. I know that's something you also know a lot about. So I think like a lot of folks, I, I didn't know what I was doing when I started out. I just knew that I loved yoga and I wanted to try to find a way to make yoga my career, but I had no idea how to go about doing that. And I think a lot of people in the wellness industry have sort of a scarcity mindset when it comes to money. I definitely did. I didn't know any successful yoga teachers who were making six figures. I felt very scared to leave my corporate job and pursue this huge dream I had, this calling that I knew was what I was supposed to be doing with my life. So the way I kind of coped with that was by putting videos of myself doing yoga on YouTube because I could kind of do it on the side while I kept my full-time corporate job. And what I found was that my YouTube channel started getting a lot of traction and people were subscribing and commenting and liking. So I, I kind of went through this whole process of figuring out YouTube and learning about YouTube and learning how to grow on YouTube. And a big kind of breakthrough moment for me was when I was invited to YouTube, they invite a select number. I think they invite, you know, top channel creators to these hub events. You know, this one was at the YouTube headquarters. Sometimes they're in LA, New York, different places so that creators can meet. And they also try to educate you about how to further your content. And it wasn't until I went to that conference that I really realized people could make a full-time living on YouTube, A, and B, that people actually used YouTube as kind of what's called the top of the funnel and that they built businesses in businesses like information products and courses and trainings off of YouTube. So for me, that's where it all started was realizing that that existed and that was an opportunity. 
And YouTube is definitely top of funnel. If you approach it from making a full-time income through to Google AdSense, it is possible and people do it. But if you view it as top of funnel, it's a matter of there are channels with 1,000 subscribers who view it from a funnel standpoint that make more money than the 10,000 subscriber channels that only focus on the AdSense. And I'm wondering if you could walk us through what your whole funnel process looks like because you need to have the funnel and offers in place if you do want to accelerate your revenue. Yeah. And so I think, and, and this I think will be really interesting for people who are building their business, whether it's to six figures or seven figures. But once I had this epiphany that YouTube could kind of be like a, an entry level or the freemium version of like deeper offerings that I plan to lead people down, that was a huge aha moment. And email automation was also a big aha moment for me when I realized that I could be sleeping and still be sending people emails through like drip, <laughs> drip email sequences and funnels. For me, when it comes to yoga, I have a lot to say. I will not shut up. So I can write about it, share videos about it forever. And when I realized that I could start compiling all that content I already had into emails and then actually proactively reach out to people instead of just hoping that they might see, see my video, uh, that, was, that was a game changer. You know, the building funnels is a learned skill. I feel very proud of myself because right now it's like me and my team can execute one or an idea probably in 72 hours and have it be very high quality and look very professional. But when you're just starting out, it's like pulling teeth. It's so much tech to set up. It can be very complicated and convoluted, although it is much easier now uh, at the time of us recording this than it was in 2012 when I was doing, you know, figuring this all out for the first time. Uh, so some of the first funnels I had were just, you know, simple, like, you know, opt in and get the YouTube video of the week emailed to you. And then I started to try to figure out like, what would these people want to buy off of YouTube, which is really hard because I was offering all these yoga classes for free on YouTube already. So I had to sort of brainstorm, like, how would they want to go deeper? And uh, what I came up with was that, you know, maybe they want to download the classes and maybe they want premium video and longer content and maybe they want more educational content. So I created a membership site uh, or really a membership app. You know, I think with a lot of entrepreneurs, it's like part luck and part, uh, part knowing your stuff, right? It's like 50-50. And I knew enough at the time that mobile, mobile was going to be big. So one thing that I did that was really advantageous at the time was that I built my entire app and membership platform mobile first, which again, now is seems so obvious, but again, back then, you know, we're talking like 2012, 2014, a lot of people weren't doing that. I mean, everything was still web-based. So I had a yoga app very, very early on. And there's so many advantages to being an early adopter uh, in terms of the pricing <laughs> that you get, um, as well as just being first to market in so many ways. What I saw happen is that the membership kind of became a feeding ground for me to observe like what my ideal client was really interested in. And what I learned through running this membership community through the app was that people were really interested in actually this yoga education aspect of what I was offering, getting more detail on how to do the poses and what the correct alignment was, which was very different from just taking a class on YouTube. And it was through my interaction with that community that they actually started telling me like, hey, would you ever offer a yoga teacher training that's purely online? I thought that idea was crazy. I didn't think anyone would buy such a thing, which is so crazy to say right now because mm. 
not only has that product been incredibly successful and that I've made advanced versions of it, but now uh, in this period that we're in now, all yoga teacher trainings are online. But I had one online five or six years ago. So it's a really cool and interesting kind of mind-blowing place to be, especially right now as an entrepreneur. (laughs) And it's interesting how one of the things Brett was mentioning was she put out these videos, she grew her audience gradually, and then she had people saying, I want a video on this topic. I want a video on that topic. And there is this beginning stage where you just have to put out content and see what happens. But then you have to get more specific as to what you put out, be a lot more intentional with each content idea and listen to your community. And I'm wondering, how do you mix listening to your community, which is something you definitely have to be doing on YouTube versus using keywords and strategically ranking the video on YouTube, which is something you also have to do. I'm wondering, how do you mix those two together? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, at the beginning when YouTube was this huge top of the funnel for me, Uh, This was something I really struggled with, but this is why I'd really encourage YouTubers or really anyone in business, you know, really think about like, what's your free offering? You know, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a YouTube channel. And then what are your paid offerings? Because to be honest with you right now with YouTube, I'm no longer dealing with requests or what people want to see. It's really all about what's going to rank well, what's going to search, do well in search and for the algorithm. And I put a lot of thought and strategy into that. And if people, you know, want to go deeper and like kind of my soul work is now in the membership, (laughs) right? So I've kind of just let that go uh, and, and really see YouTube as awful as it is to say, like as, as just a pure business at this point as lead gen and, you know, something else that's really interesting. And I think this is important for anyone listening to this, who's thinking about scaling their business, building, uh, building out their business, hitting those big next tiers of income is to have multiple, Uh, top of funnels. So something that was really interesting that happened to me was that I started running this online yoga teacher training. It was a huge endeavor to put together. But again, I did some really clever things, I think, which is like I pre-sold it before fully committing to film the whole thing, which, you know, cost me like upwards of $10,000 at the time to get everything professionally filmed. So I always try to teach my students in my community because I now teach a lot of other yoga teachers about business, obviously. Uh, to, to try to prove to yourself that it's worth it to build what you're going to build by either having a certain number of email opt-ins or having a certain number of people pre-order or whatever it is so that you don't waste time and valuable time and money that you have as an entrepreneur creating the wrong thing. Uh, but so I was leading one of these trainings and towards the end, someone said something because uh, the trainings are live and they're interactive and they're on Zoom as well as having you know, digital premium content in their app. They said, you know, this training was so great, but I wish you had told us more about you. I wish we knew more about you. And I was really confused because up until that point, I assumed every single person who was in the training had found me through YouTube. And if someone's found me on YouTube, it's like they've listened to my lifestyle videos, my podcasts, my classes, like that I just assumed they knew everything about me because I'm a total open book on social media. And so I started wondering, like, how could this person not really know that much about me? I started digging into where people were coming from. And what I found was that I was ranking very highly in Google for online yoga teacher training. And that so many people coming to my trainings were actually finding me through Google search as opposed to through YouTube. And that was a game changer because once I figured that out, uh, I started really optimizing my team and my skills 
to develop that, the, the Google search as another top of funnel. So it wasn't just YouTube, it was also Google search. And then recently I decided to really invest in paid ads as well for Google. Um, I had other people tell me I was crazy because I was getting leads from organic, <laughs> like why pay? But again, my big advice for folks is, you know, you never know when an income stream or a top of funnel uh, generator for you is going to shut down or change. The, the Google algorithm changes all the time. I took a big hit in September. The algorithm changed, not just me, everyone, like things really shook up and I dropped a lot. And I was so grateful at that point that I had figured out my paid ad strategy because people were still seeing my product. So again, when you're really thinking about scaling and building your business to be long-term, big, successful, it's not enough to just have one top of funnel uh, kind of ecosystem. You, you want to have multiple and creating and generating more of those is, is something that I focus on and think about all the time. And uh, Brett brings up a great point. Those top of funnels constantly change. It's a running joke right now, pretty much at this point, how Facebook organic used to be such a vibrant source of traffic. And now you got to go into groups for the organic side. But the majority of the traffic from Facebook from a business standpoint is coming through paid. And you can see these changes take place on Instagram or YouTube or any platform at any time. But if you view your social media presence and your search as the beginning of a funnel, you can get people on your email to get them to engage and buy your offer. I'm wondering, Brett, you mentioned the membership. Is that the first thing that you promoted to your YouTube? Was that your first offer? Did you have to go through a few offering different training courses and other offers before you got to your core offer? Yes, definitely. Uh, again, most, most people have no tolerance for this, the experimentation and failing, the experimentation and failing with different products and offers. But again, to really be a successful entrepreneur, you have to just make peace with that. So yes, I did. I had an original offer that was like a yoga for beginners course. I still actually sell a, a version of it. Uh, but it, you know, it did okay, but not great. I wasn't great at email marketing at that point. I wasn't a great copywriter at that point. Um, after that, I actually sold a, a prop kit, like a physical kit of yoga props to people. That was a huge endeavor. It was a lot of work. I'm really glad I don't do that anymore. Um, and again, it did okay, but not great. And then the membership, once I really figured out the technology to be able to do the app and everything, that really then became the, the core offer that made sense, that was the right price point, that was just what my uh, you know, ideal customer needed. And then once I got enough of those ideal customers in the membership, those were that, those same people who said, oh, we want a training. Oh, we want an online teacher training. And it's very counterintuitive because, again, I don't think I would have, I think I would have maybe had that idea, but I wouldn't have thought anyone would have actually bought it. Mm -hmm. uh, but because I had that connection with the community. So, you know, your products are kind of a journey. It's kind of, uh, you, you're going to have a lot of duds along the way. And I definitely have a lot. And I still tell my students now, like I make funnels sometimes even today and they don't pan out. They don't work. Right. And again, that's why I, I always am very careful. I don't put too much work into them. Right. I only write like the first two emails in the funnel. So if it's like the ads or whatever is not working, I haven't bothered like flushing out the whole thing. We just stop it. So really kind of having this mad scientist mindset is what has worked really well for me and not getting discouraged or taking it personally when a particular avenue or funnel or marketing angle doesn't work out. It just means that that I wasn't resonating with my true tribe and really serving people in the way they needed to be served. And with the 
funnels, you do have to experiment again and again. I've had a lot of products that have just fallen flat and that's how you get to your good product. And having your audience there to really help you, that's why it's so important to whether it's a YouTube channel or Instagram or something like that, it really helps to have that audience for your content and for YouTube, I'm wondering what was something that really helped you gain momentum? Because uh, a lot of the stories I hear is it was just one video that I took off for someone or riding on a trend. Like right now, there are a whole bunch of YouTubers who are thriving because they're doing stimulus check videos. So I'm wondering if you could share with us what was, if you remember a certain video that took off, some things you did differently with it or just anything else like that. Sure. I mean, my first video to get a million views was really exciting because it was just pulling in new subscribers all the time. So that was a big landmark or milestone, I think. However, and then ranking so highly for online yoga teacher training. I mean, that was incredible. At the time, I didn't realize like how powerful that was. I mean, now all these years later, there's a, so many offers, so much competition, right? And it's only going to escalate now with what's happening. But I kind of figured that out so early, you know, more, I think I only had one other person that, that was kind of in that with me. So that was, there's a, that felt really magical and big. But the other thing that comes to mind or that I was thinking of when you asked that question was actually my Facebook group. Uh, one of the things that I found with YouTube was that people were asking questions about the videos or, you know, questions about the poses, the yoga, and I would re respond on the comments on YouTube, but I felt like it was really missing this sense of community that I know so many yoga people are drawn to. So at the advice of a mentor, obviously I invested a lot in educating myself throughout this whole process and trying to work with and learn from smart people. Um, and this particular mentor had really recommended Facebook groups. And again, this was back when Facebook groups were like cool and still new. So I started really driving everyone on my email list and everyone on YouTube to the Facebook group. And that was just a game changer because all of a sudden, instead of it just being like commenters on, commenters on YouTube where there's not like a community, we were all in this Facebook group together and people were feeding off each other's ideas and energy. And I felt connected to them. And um, especially for my demographic, which is mainly like women, right? Like Facebook's just so much more personal than some of these other platforms. We have our photo, you know, you can friend people, all that kind of thing. And the, the Facebook group is just so invaluable because anytime I'd have an idea, like what should I name this course or what should I name this opt-in or thing I'm developing? Like I'd put it as a poll in the Facebook group. I'd get people's ideas. I mean, so many of my members have named like stuff that I've made, you know, I'm like, what's the best title for this? I don't know. Uh, and, and they've told me so, and you know, a piece of advice I want to give everyone listening to the show is like, if you don't have an audience yet, you don't have that Facebook group yet, or you don't have that social media following yet. Cause a lot of people I work with don't right? they're just starting. They're just starting their online business. Um, a, you know, figure out a platform and start creating one. But in the meantime, I'd really recommend interviewing, uh, kind of ideal customers. So if you have a friend or even a family member in mind who would be like an ideal client for what it is you're building or thinking you want to build, just even doing like a Zoom conversation with them and asking them, you know, what are their pain points and listening to the language they use. So you can do this like one-on-one -on -one with people if you're just starting out to kind of get some of the information you need. Interviewing people is really great. I mean, with podcasting, you get a lot more access to people who normally you wouldn't be able to interview and you provide people with content at the same time. So there's a lot of ways to win with it. And we have a Breakthrough Success Facebook group as well. So we are all in on the 
having Facebook groups and building that community. I know, Brett, that you use your YouTube, your email list to point people to your Facebook group. Was there anything else you did to grow that group, like optimizing it? Or I know that you can't really push a group in other groups most of the time, but I'm wondering what worked for you. Another big thing that worked for me was live streaming. So talking about the group, going on live, and this is another thing I recommend for everyone starting out. It feels like the most frightening thing, but it's actually the easiest thing because setting up all these opt-ins and landing pages and emails, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's not that much work to just like click your phone and go live on Facebook and start talking. And it really gets you in conversation with your audience, even if just one or two people are watching to start. It helps you find your voice. It helps you figure out your messaging. So I filled, I think my first hundred people in my membership through Periscope, through doing live videos on Periscope, which I don't know if it exists anymore, but (laughs) back in the day, it was like the only live streaming video platform or it was the first. Again, it seems so silly to talk about now because now of course they're, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram all have live streaming. But again, that's all, it makes it all the easier and all the more reason to just go live, start talking to folks and start letting them know about your group. And in every, every Periscope, I would be talking about the Facebook group. I'd be talking about whatever my opt-in was and really queuing and telling people to join. So that also worked very, very well. There's something about being live. People feel very connected to you. Uh, at a much deeper level than they do over a pre-recorded video or an email. And I love the live element. And anytime I've done lives on Facebook, I definitely, when you get the comments in real time, it's a very different type of experience versus a pre-recorded video with comments. And then you reply to them a few hours later, which a few hours later is still really good, but being able to reply to people in real time is very different and very enjoyable for the creator and for the person seeing the video. You mentioned in the lives that you promote your Facebook group and you do want to promote something obviously to continue the relationship, but there are people who they have a YouTube channel, they have a Facebook group, they want to do Instagram, they have their website. How do you decide which things to promote in that live stream? Because you, you want to promote yourself, but you don't want to turn it into like a catalog of yourself. Right. I would really suggest uh, sending everyone to an opt-in because I'm really about list building and email marketing. So I think the best scenario is to have an opt-in that's really relevant. Um, ideally, you have come up with some sort of lead magnet or something that would be relevant for most of your most of your folks and and send them there. And then that first email confirming them can give them the link to all the other stuff you want. And of course, you can't ask them to do too much. But I think that's how a lot of I was working early was that uh, I think very early, I just had like a vanity URL, like, you know, brettlarkin.com forward slash group or something. And it redirected people to the Facebook group. But then as I got a little savvier, I had some some opt-ins, some cool things like free yoga series, free yoga videos. Um, and I'd send them there. And then the first email would kind of tell them all the other places they could find me, that they could join the group, that they could do the YouTube channel, all those other things. So again, it, big message I want to share with my, you know, with my students and anyone listening is, as I always talk about how important your email list is, because again, these YouTube algorithms, Google algorithms, Facebook groups, you know, things can change all the time. And if you only, you only have that way to 
stay in touch with people, that is a very frightening, not secure place to be as a business owner. And it's not going to let you scale and grow. You really need a direct one-on-one connection with your customers, uh, your own customer database or prospective customer database. And that has to be your email list. So growing your list is Again, I was lucky that I had smart people tell me this over and over again early on. Uh, build your list, build your list. And, you know, I'm so proud of my list. I love, I love connecting with people through email. I love the growth that I've seen over the years with the list. Uh, and, and, I, and I love, you know, emailing and connecting with people. It's a beautiful thing once you get out of your own way and, you know, aren't self-conscious about reaching out. And the email list is definitely the most valuable resource because that's the one thing that you truly own because we've really, this this has been a big theme where the social networks can change at any time. With a Facebook group, you can have that question where would you, I have this in my group, would you like to receive the free five-day podcast launch mini course? If yes, please enter your email address. So you can ask a question like that to use a group to grow your email list, but nothing really beats having those people on your email list. So I do feel like it's appropriate to touch on this because you are such an expert on email marketing and you have all these top funnels. What would you say have been just some of the things that have been most essential for you to boost the email list the way you have? Mm, I think really getting in touch with something that your ideal client wants. I always talk about, and other marketers do too, like a burning boat type of problem. And then there needs to be a a ticking clock or some sort of time bound issue uh, attached to it. I think a lot of people miss that step. Like it has to be why now, (laughs) like, why do I have to do this right now? So a lot of what I've been experimenting with, with, uh, my Facebook ads person over the past year or so is like the difference between evergreen ads and evergreen launches compared to like dated and time bound, uh, like live, uh, launches and events. And, you know, from the data we've collected so far, doing things live is so much more exciting for folks. It really gives them. And I mean, when we have, ticking clocks and things built in even to stuff that's evergreen. But there's something very special about like, we are all starting this challenge on the new moon, on the summer solstice, on the equinox, you know, whatever it is. And really, again, figure out what those key dates are that matter for your ideal client, right? I mean, if everyone's in different industries, right? So for you, it might be like tax time is coming or like whatever, but, but making the offer really not just relevant to their burning boat problem, but relevant to like this moment of right now in time and space, I think is, is a big tip. And, and a lot of people overlook the power of that. Yeah. And live stuff is definitely a lot better than evergreen stuff. The evergreen stuff is just more scalable. It's easier to do, but the live stuff definitely has a lot more engagement. That's something I also see on my end. And it's really interesting. You have some evergreen ads, you have some live ads that you turn off after the time is up, but you do a mix of those and you're continuing to build up top of funnel stuff. That's going to really help you with growing your email list. And I think you guys should definitely follow Brett and go on her email list as well. Because again, if you enjoy the episode, my thing is always, if you enjoy the episode, you're going to want to follow the guest their work, their journey. So with that in mind, Brett, where do we go to keep following everything you're doing? 
Oh, that's so nice of you. Uh, just brettlarkin.com and be warned, I will try to make you do yoga if you walk into anything <laughs> I offer. But um, it's never been a better time to start a at-home yoga practice. So yeah, everyone can just find me at brettlarkin.com. That's my website. Brett has two T's. And if you type my name into Google, you know, you'll find me and you'll find me on YouTube too. It's, it's easy. So I uh, would love to connect. We'll have Brett's website and YouTube channel available for you guys in the show notes. Brett, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you.